This is the Talk of Fame Network, featuring Hall of Fame voters Ron Borges from the Boston Herald, Rick Gosselin of the Dallas Morning News, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. And now, let the debates begin. Who is a Hall of Famer? Will they be enshrined in Canton? Do they have the numbers to get in? Let the experts who make the decision tell you who will be signing their name with HOF next to it. And now, it's the Talk of Fame Network. School is out, at least for everyone but Rick, Ron, and me. But soon, in fact, immediately after this program, we're going to be on summer vacation, too. In fact, we're going to be off the next three weeks. Done. Kaput. Out to lunch. Gooseman, how are you going to spend that time? I'm going somewhere cool. July and August are the two months you want to get out of Texas. It is skiller hot, skiller hot down here. And I'll be headed to Oxnard in July for the Cowboys camp and Canton a couple times in August. But, uh... In July, I got two weeks vacation. I'll be out of Texas. Well, come and join Ron and me here in New England. Ron, it's pretty nice up here, right? Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, but it's it's nice. But Ron, it's still too early to start working that snowblower. So, uh, what are you gonna be doing? <laughs> well, unfortunately, unlike you guys living the life of Riley, I'm gonna be at my laptop trying to finish a book on Bert Bell's son and friend of the show, Upton Bell. And the NFL AFL period uh, between the early '60s and mid '70s, which was really the games. Uh, most explosive growth period, and uh, Upton was like Forrest Gump. He was at everything. You know, the 48 championship game in the snow, the 58 championship game, the 68 Super Bowl. He was everywhere. So Yeah, I, I, you know, in fact, fun. I remember all those people going, run, Upton, run. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which you used to be able um, well, to do. Yeah, which used to be all we all used to be able to do. I'm not going to be running, Ron. Uh, I'm going to be biking, actually. I go up to uh, Hanover, New Hampshire next weekend for that Century bike ride, which is a 100-mile proudy bike ride to raise money for Dr. College Century Cancer. Yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. I can almost remember a half century, you know, my birthday. Uh, but it's going to raise money for Dartmouth College Cancer Research, which I believe very strongly in. Um, I've done it twice the past two years, my brother and sons and his sons. And I'm looking forward to do it again. Really uh, looking forward to being with them and doing that. But um, anyway, before we go farther, I want to make something clear here. I said we're off the next three weeks. That doesn't mean we're dark. The next three weeks, no series. Talk of Fame Network, uh-uh, never takes a break. So you're going to hear our best of series the next three weeks, which is a compilation of our best interviews over the past year, which, by the way, is our second year as the Talk of Fame Network. And speaking of best of, we have a best of series today of sound bites, which includes the most memorable clips from the past year. We're going to hear also from Hall of Famer Jack Ham, former Pittsburgh Steelers player, a linebacker, and then we're going to hear from Jack on why teammate Andy Russell should be in the Hall of Fame. We're going to sit down with Hall of Fame voter Dan Pompey, get his thoughts on the passing of former coach Buddy Ryan, who passed away this week. And we're also going to hear 
from columnist Ed Graney of the Las Vegas Review Journal. We've had Ed on it before, but we're going to hear what the addition of Las Vegas to the NHL means for Las Vegas and the NFL. But since I mentioned sound bites, guys, can't let us get away for the summer without plugging that soundbite that makes everybody's Hall of Fame, and that's Ben Affleck last week on Bill Simmons' Every Given Wednesday program, talking about what else, Ron Goose, our favorite subject, Tom Brady and Deflategate. Derek, Free Brady! That's it, Derek, thank you. But Derek, cover yours, and let's hear what Big Ben had to say. Deflategate is the ultimate outrage of sports ever. It's so stupid that I can't believe you realize they gave him a suspension for a quarter of the regular season which would be equivalent of suspending a baseball player for 40 days 40 yeah. and a quarter days yeah exactly which is what they do for when you get busted taking steroids right which and by the way if the NFL had a real testing it really knew how to test for steroids in HGH in the they'd NFL, be in there'd be no NFL. right so instead what they, what they did was suspend Tom Brady for four days for not giving them his cell phone. That's, and for having a friend who called himself the deflator. If I got in trouble for all the things that my friends called themselves, yeah. I would be finished, okay? You want to give a guy, because he doesn't give you his cell phone, a, a punishment? I, I would never give the organization as leak-prone as the NFL my cell phone so you could just look through my emails and listen to my voice. Especially the NFL, the, the, the league that leaks everything. Well, Ben waited nicely with the Boston perspective in the spirit of fair play. I think we should seek out David Letterman for the Indianapolis perspective of Flint Gate. Past the cocktails. That's all I can think of, past the cocktails. Yeah, after listening to Ben, it's clear to me that Matt Damon was the guy who went to Harvard, not that Affleck. <laughs> that's obviously true. Uh, you know, what was he? Uh, if he wasn't drunk, he should have been drunk. That's the way I looked at that whole thing. Well, Goose, have, have, have you ever um, seen a story with this kind of shelf life? I mean, it seems like this story, we started this, this year. We talked about, you know, this is our second year. We started back in August. What were we talking about? Uh, Deflategate. And now we're ending it here in, well, July or late June, early July. What are we talking about? Don Brady and Deflategate, at least somebody is. Have you ever seen a story recently that has this kind of shelf life? Ron, how soon they forget the L. Davis legal battles with the NFL went on for decades. You know, decades. Ron had his front seat for both of them. You know, those battles didn't keep Davis out of the Hall of Fame. And I doubt this will keep Brady out of the Hall of Fame. You're right. Compared to that, this is just this is just a brief discussion about uh, a small confusion. <laughs> people, people do forget. But, you know, look, it's, is it kind of it's gotten kind of stupid. Uh, that's for sure. I don't think it's going to get more stupid. I'll be really surprised if it gets more stupid. I think that, uh, although the real, in light of everything that's gone down and the way it's gone down, what really should happen is they should uh, hear it and then appeal it, and then they give him a suspension on January 1st, and he can cool <laughs> his heels in the playoffs while Jimmy <laughs> hey, G takes over the squad. Ronnie, how did this go over in Boston? I mean, just rekindle the fires and get people stopped talking about the Red Sox pitching. How did it go over? I mean, make a dent in the uh, news uh, You know, not too much because everybody knows that they're best bros, you know, Affleck and, and Brady in L.A. You know, they, in fact, uh, Tom got, his, got in more than a little trouble of flying to Vegas on a private plane with right. Affleck and Affleck's little girlfriend, and it was unfortunately wearing Brady's Super Bowl rings, which Giselle said deflated buster uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> but he was deflated hey uh goose uh, like my 
Well, buddy Todd Rundgren once said he's not in the Hall of Fame, but he should be. Uh, anything worth doing is worth overdoing. So, well, guys, we're going to move on to, yes, another dark chapter in the never-ending story that is not Tom Brady, not to flakeate Johnny Manziel. Now we have his lead attorney withdrawing from the domestic violence case and Johnny's father telling ESPN that my son, well, yeah, he's a, quote, druggie, unquote. Terrific. Goose, does Johnny Drugstore get much more attention in Texas anymore? It's like the flight gate in Boston. You know, any new whisper creates a new headline. You know, like the folks in Boston, I think we're all anxious to see how this Manziel saga finally plays out. You know, football is huge in the state of Texas. And there have been few names in these parts in the last five or ten years that have generated the type of interest that Johnny football generates. Well, the question I've got, Ron, uh, is this. Yes, How did it go so wrong so fast for Johnny Manziel? Well, I think this obviously is, is uh, his demise. has nothing to do with football and everything to do with uh, whatever home life he had or didn't have. I mean, uh, look, he was a great player who often acted like a jerk, you know, dating all the way back at least to, to college. And, and Goose could probably take it back to high school. Uh, but nobody ever reined him in. He's a spoiled, entitled brat who thinks he's bulletproof because his grandfather once hit some oil wells. You know, but he's going to learn the hard way that in America, some things end up not in cufflinks, but in uh, handcuffs. And uh, that's that's where, where he's headed, which is sad, you know, because obviously the guy's got some emotional problems uh, that have nothing right. to do with athletics. And he's a mess. And unfortunately, it's I, I don't know, maybe I'm losing my news edge, guys, but... I don't really enjoy watching these kind of... I watched it with Marinovich, you know. It's not that much fun to watch a kid just run over the cliff. You know, it's yeah, not fun. Right. Hey, Gooseman, quickly. I, I know you once thought Johnny Manziel should or would play in the CFL, but that was a month ago. Does this guy ever play football again? I can't see it. No, he's got legal issues to work through, and what he's already shown on the football field doesn't really demand that he get a second chance. If Tim, if Tim Tebow can't get back in and his image is spotless, I don't see how Johnny Football gets back in. Okay, well, that's enough of Johnny Manziel, at least for the moment. We're going to move on to Buddy Ryan, who passed away this week, unfortunately, at the age of 82, and we're going to do it when we speak with Hall of Fame voter Dan Pompey. He's up next on the Talk of Fame Network. Free Brady! Hey, everyone. This is Life Tips with Geico. Life Tip 1. Use a shower squeegee to remove pet fur from carpet. Squeegee is also very fun to say. Consider it when naming a pet or child. Life Tip 2. Switch to GEICO and you could save hundreds on your car insurance. With over 75 years of experience and a 97% customer satisfaction rating, they know what they're doing. GEICO. Get savings into your life. Visit GEICO.com today. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. One obstacle many small businesses face is that getting the capital they need can be a difficult task. That's where Cabbage comes in. Cabbage provides simple, flexible access to a line of credit up to $100,000. They have helped 80,000 businesses with over $2 billion in funding. Go to Cabbage.com or call 888-CABBAGE. You'll get a decision in minutes and can start using your funds immediately. Access your line from a phone or computer and only pay for what you take. Make Cabbage your first resort for business funding. In that neighborhood, it was almost impossible to get what we could afford. So I had set up alerts on Zillow to say, if anything in this area ever comes below a certain price point, it just popped up one day and I was like, oh my God, we have to go see it. It's a really wonderful neighborhood. And then to add on to that, how wonderful the house is, is so cool. Home means something different to everyone. 
With millions of homes for sale or rent on Zillow, whatever home means to you, Zillow can help you find it. My name is Roosevelt. I always thought that cigarette smoking just messed up your lungs. I never thought that at only 45 would give me a heart attack. And I never thought that it would change my life forever. My tip is do your heart a favor and quit now. Heart attack risk drops as soon as you quit. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW for help getting free medication, if available and eligible. That's 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Hi, Tom Bodette. During all these Motel 6 renovations, I've picked up some construction lingo working with the brickies, sparkies, and wood butchers while they shop rocket these renos till they shine like a spool of 10-gauge copper. And even after all the updates with the knock-knocks, Motel 6 still costs you less cheese than any national chain. Okay, time to take off the brain bucket and roll out. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the wattage on for you. Book direct at motel6.com. Hey, we love Burger King grilled dogs. They're made with 100% beef, and they're 100%. They're so good, they make us want to sing like... I can't believe it. Burger King made a grilled dog. Made with 100% beef. Flame grilled anytime you want. This July 4th weekend, put down the tongs, step away from the grill, and get to Burger King to try a grilled dog for just a dollar. Ask for the dollar grilled dog deal and get a classic grilled dog for a dollar. Only at Burger King. At participating restaurants on July 2nd and 3rd, limit five per transaction while supplies last. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Gosselin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I want winners. Well, speaking of winners, here's a great deal. For just $19.95, you can get Proactive. Yes, Proactive, plus a rotating deep cleansing brush valued at $45. You know what? Pretty good. But best of all, you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or your money back. Just call 1-800-644-5944. That's 1-800-644-5944. Our first guest is not only a Hall of Fame voter, he's a Hall of Fame member. It's Dan Pompey, who's now with Bleacher Report, inducted into the Writers Broadcasters Wing in 2013. You know what? He was inducted for good reason. He's one of the most knowledgeable and influential writers in the business. Dan, you're on with Clark, Rick, and Ron. And first things first, Buddy Ryan. He passed away this week at 82. You covered him in Chicago. How do you remember him? Yeah, thanks for the kind words, Clark. It's an honor to be on with uh, my three good friends. And um, I'll tell you, buddy, um, you know, I, I remember him first, I think, as uh, one of the greatest strategists, uh, certainly of a generation. And the other thing that stands out to me about him is one of the greatest motivators uh, that I've been around, a, a coach who had a remarkable ability to – reach players and get the best out of them. Um, you know, I, I uh, wrote this earlier today. I'd love to hear each of your assessments of this. You know, when he came up with the 46 defense in the late 70s, um, I thought, to me, in the entire time I've been covering the league, that might have been the innovation or, or the, the, the scheme change, whatever you call it, that was the most difficult for opponents to deal with over a period of time. We've seen other things kind of have a, have a quick punch to the mouth and then fade off after a year or two. But this, this had a pretty good run for, you know, maybe close to a decade where it was a dominant defense. And I thought that was a great uh, statement about really how cutting edge he was and how far ahead of he was, how 
far ahead of many of his opponents that he was. And like I said, you guys think of anything that was a greater innovation uh, over the last 30, 40 years in the league? Not really. I mean, yeah, it's it's a good point. You know, I mean, the, the zone blitz obviously is too, but the, you're right, Buddy lasted for a long time, and and that defense, unlike some others, as you know better than you were around it so often, Dan, was that thing wrecked havoc on people. It did just beat you, beat your brains in. I mean, you, you know, the next time you, you didn't want to play them again. I think that was the thing about it. Not only strategically was it different and difficult to handle, you knew the punishment was going to affect you a week later when you played the Washington Redskins or something. Tony East still can't sleep at night. Yeah, so you got that right. He wakes up and prickly, he feels prickly heat every time I say, Buddy Ryan. <laughs> he passes out, you know. Hey, Dan, but Buddy Buddy had Buddy had friction. He had friction you know, with, with Dead Kenny. He had friction with Gil Bride. You know, it seemed wherever he went, there was, there was friction. How did, was that Was that by design, do you think? How, how did all that come about? You know, he took great pride in being prickly and ornery and uh, difficult to get along with. Um, he always seemed to have it out for authority figures. Um, I, that's you know, why I liked him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate. I, I guess we know some people like that, huh, guys? Yeah, we know a few, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah we I'm do. looking in the mirror right now. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, when he was uh, hired by Norman Brayman, he, he had problems respecting him. And clearly, uh, I, I think he thought he probably should have had the head coaching job of the Bears uh, when George Hallis hired Mike Ditka. But he, of course, was the defensive coordinator uh, at the time under Neil Armstrong. And uh, his player the moon. Hallis a letter saying, please keep this guy. And, um, you know, uh, he, he never really respected Ditka. And, and those two had clashes all throughout the time. And when, when Buddy left to become the head coach of the Eagles in 86, uh, Ditka said, uh, you know, never before has an assistant coach gotten so much credit. And uh, he, he, he clearly was happy to see him go, even though I think that was the first domino in the downfall of, of the great Bears team. We're talking with Hall of Fame voter and Bleacher Reports, Dan Pompey on the Talk of Fame Radio Network. And, and you can follow him at at Dan Pompey. And Dan, we asked Rex Ryan, of course, Buddy's son, if his dad belonged in the Hall of Fame. We asked him this a couple of years ago, but we've got that clip here, and, and here's what he said. I want you to listen to this. That would be quite an honor for sure. You know, I think if you, if you are going to put assistant coaches in the Hall of Fame, then uh, I would think my dad would be, uh, you know, right at the top of the list. You know, I, I know with Dick LeBeau going in, uh, really almost looked at, you know, as, as a player and all that. But uh, we almost thought as, as coaches, we almost looked like as, as if he went in also because of uh, not just the longevity, but the years and years of success that he had as a guy. He might be the first guy you'd put in as an assistant coach. And then my dad, I think, would be right there with him. So uh, that would be that would be fantastic if they did that. Do you think we ever see the day when Buddy's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Well, not unless we decide to induct assistant coaches, which, you know, I, I think you could make an argument for that, certainly. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, his legacy is a little muddled because he became a head coach and he was not a successful head coach. But as an assistant coach, he was as good as anyone who ever lived. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, – he, he is a great candidate for the Dr. Z Award that the Pro Football Writers of America awards every year. Matter of fact, earlier this week, it was given uh, to Monty Kiffin and Wade Phillips. 
And, uh, uh, you know, I, again, Buddy's in kind of a, a strange situation because you don't necessarily remember him as an assistant coach because he had the run with the Eagles and the run with the Cardinals as a head coach. But, uh, uh, you know, the things he did as an assistant were just outstanding. You know, whenever I think of, of Buddy, and I was lucky to have some times to sit around and, and uh, with him and, and listen to him, uh, but the thing I always remember most about him was I've been around this game for 42 years now, I hate to admit, and I don't think I've ever seen an assistant coach carried off the field, <laughs> off the field have to win a championship except for him. Can you recall for us a little bit that day, that that moment, and, and what that sort of said about about the Bears and, and him to see that you know, the head coach is being carried out over here, but the assistant coach is being carried off by his own troop? Yeah, you know, it was a very unique situation, and I think uh, it spoke to how much the defensive players valued him and, and thought he was a part of uh, their success. And, you know, I think the backdrop on that is the, uh, the night before the game, uh, Buddy kind of let the cat out of the bag in a team meeting saying that, uh, you know, you guys will always be my heroes. And uh, they, they got the impression that he was going to Philadelphia because everyone knew he was interviewing with the Eagles. And he walked out after he said that, and there was an eruption in the room, and Steve McMichael took a folding chair and threw it at a blackboard and impaled it in the in the blackboard. Hampton picked up the projector and slammed it on the ground and uh, broke it in a million pieces. And you know they all started bawling and, and they were they were ready to play the game right there. You know I uh, I asked Otis Wilson once why did you guys carry him off? It was Otis and Dent who carried Buddy off, and uh, you know he said. Uh, Whatever I learned about this game, you know, he was the reason. He was the guy who taught me everything. And uh, you know, Buddy was very hard on Otis initially, uh, and he was he was hard on really most of those players, especially when they were rookies. I mean, he he did did not like rookies, did not like inexperience, had no tolerance for mistakes and learning curves and those kinds of things. But once you earned his respect, he would do anything for you, and they would do anything for him. And uh, I've, I've seen very few coaches as revered as he was. Even, you know, in his dying days, I think, his players, his old players all still uh, kept tabs on him and liked to call him and talk to him and check in on him from time to time. Hey, Dan, we got to go. But uh, I want to tell you, thanks for the time and really thanks for the memories. Love talking to you about this. It's great to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Dan. That was Dan Pompey, Hall of Fame voter and Hall of Fame member. Coming up, another Hall of Famer, former Pittsburgh linebacker Jack Ham. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. One obstacle many small businesses face is that getting the capital they need can be a difficult task. That's where Cabbage comes in. Cabbage provides simple, flexible access to a line of credit up to $100,000. They have helped 80,000 businesses with over $2 billion in funding. Go to Cabbage.com or call 888-CABBAGE. You'll get a decision in minutes and can start using your funds immediately. Access your line from a phone or computer and only pay for what you take. Make Cabbage your first resort for business funding. The thought of my sons growing up without me inspired me to quit smoking. I talked to my doctors, and then I threw away all my cigarettes, ashtrays, and lighters. I started exercising instead of smoking. Staying away from alcohol when I was first quitting was key. I kept on trying, learned something each time. Do whatever it takes. We did it. So can you. You can quit. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW for help getting free medication, if available and eligible. That's 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. You find yourself lying on a beach, feeling warm sand sink between your toes. 
You ask a passing seagull how you achieved this bliss. Saving money, the seagull whispers, by bundling your auto and motorcycle insurance. You thank the seagull. He steals your sandwich. Ascend to a higher plane of insurance. Bundle your policies and save with Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states. In that neighborhood, it was almost impossible to get what we could afford. So I had set up alerts on Zillow to say, if anything in this area ever comes below a certain price point, it just popped up one day and I was like, oh my God, we have to go see it. It's a really wonderful neighborhood. And then to add on to that, how wonderful the house is, is so cool. Home means something different to everyone. With millions of homes for sale or rent on Zillow, whatever home means to you, Zillow can help you find it. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. You know what it means when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance? It means you should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. So go. You should also go to Proactive because for just $19.95, you can get Proactive plus a rotating deep cleansing brush valued at $45. Best of all, you're guaranteed, just guaranteed to get clear and stay clear for your money back. Just call 1-800-644-5944. That's 1-800-644-5944. Big plays, of course, are a central part of defensive football. And our next guest made more of them than any linebacker in NFL history. 12 years, Jack Ham, probably the left side of Pittsburgh's steel curtain defense with more takeaways, that was 53, than any non-defensive back in NFL history. And then since starters, a rookie in 1971, he won four Super Bowls, was named to eight straight Pro Bowls, and was a first-team All-Pro six times. But that is not all. Remember the 1970s All-Decade team? Jack was named to the NFL's 75th anniversary team and its Super Bowl Silver anniversary team and elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1988. Now, now he's with us, though he's not here to talk about himself, but to make his case for a teammate he feels has been underappreciated far too long. And that's fellow Steelers linebacker Andy Russell. Jack Ham, thanks for joining us. Well, my pleasure. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. I think I should needed that when I was negotiating contracts with <laughs> Art Rooney and Dan Rooney with the Steelers. So, uh, uh, thank I you very I'm much. Too late. Too late yeah, to we would have got, got yeah. you paid. We would have got Andy paid, too, actually. Right. You know, Andy was, as you know, was a Pro Bowl linebacker before the Steelers started winning, and he was a Pro Bowl linebacker, you know, once you started winning. He went to seven Pro Bowls. He won two Super Bowls, and he missed two prime seasons, 64 and 65, when he was in the Army. What, in your mind, made him special? Well, you know what, it was, he was really instrumental in my career as well because, you know, after like five or six years in the league, uh, I came there in 1971, and so I was kind of like, I was like an intern to Andy. But, uh, you know, Andy played during an era where he was tackling Jim Brown, and then he played in an era where it was Tony Dorsett coming out of the backfield running routes and guys like Terry Metcalf and people like that. So I guess the thing about Andy that I, I you know, and again, I preface this by saying that I will probably be discounted because I was a teammate of his and I'm a dear friend of his, but I really believe it. I would not, not uh, be out here, you know, talking about Andy if it wasn't, in fact, something I really, truly believe in. But his technique, play in play out. The way he played against the Oakland Raiders, who were a left-handed team, and the running game went that way, and he played against you know, Hall of Fame players like Casper, like Art Shell, and uh, he was able to continue to make 
plays in probably one of the biggest games of our of our career was against the Raiders uh, out in Oakland to go to our first Super Bowl. And and Andy more so than my because like I said they were a left-handed team. They you know, ran the ball for a total of 26 yards in that entire game. And uh, you know when you play well in the biggest games, I mean I think that is what sets you apart from just a good player and what you become a great player. And so uh, you know his technique play in and play out, and the way he was able to adapt from an era of Jim Brown to an era of Tony Dorsett, I think is, is he was, he, that was what has made him such an outstanding linebacker, and that's why I'm touting him for the Hall of Fame. Shaq, we've heard that you are the ultimate technician at the linebacker position. What did you learn about linebacking play from Andy Russell? Well, you know, I learned, you know, you would never think about this for a linebacker on the patient side, where, where you have to... When you engage a tight end, for the most part, and you're, it's a play coming towards you, you, you have to wait and disengage right at the right time to make the play, whether the running back's going to go inside or outside. And a, a couple of times in training camp, whatever, I would tr- take the tight end and get rid of him to the inside or whatever. I'd get pinned inside. The run, running back would go to the outside. The idea of engage with him, all the techniques of, of on a tight end, that Andy taught me, and also when you have pulling guards coming towards you and what plays they can run and can't run against you. That's the mental part of the game, which uh, I mean, he really taught me. Uh, you know, I came from a you know a school where linebackers at Penn, at Penn State were always uh, you know outstanding players, but this was a next level, and uh, and I'm so fortunate. Andy Russell reminds me of a guy like Wilcox or Chris Hanberger. Those linebackers who are in the Hall of Fame right now, and that's why I believe that Andy should be part of that as well. We're speaking with Hall of Fame linebacker Jack Ham on the Talk of Fame Network. And Jack, I'll ask you a leading question. You said you were like an intern with Andy Russell. Would you be in the Hall of Fame without Andy Russell? Well, you know what? I'm not sure. I'm not sure without Andy Russell, but, you know, and and I'll be very candid with you. I had Joe Green in front of me, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame uh, defensive tackle, who went in the Hall of Fame a year before me. Elsie uh, Greenwood, who was an outstanding player that we I played with for four, were almost 10 years and who has been up a number of different times. I really believe the Hall of Fame, you know, I'm not sure I would be in the Hall of Fame if I played for New Orleans back then or I played for Houston or whatever. Uh, you know, it, it is a, you know, I know it's an individual award at the end of it, but boy, I'll tell you one thing, the, the team concept about that thing on defense, and, you know, I didn't realize we had that many Hall of Fame guys on the defensive side of the ball, and, uh, you know, when I look back on it right now, I can't believe we gave up any touchdowns at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about that in 1976, which was Andy's last year, and certainly appears, you would know better than I, but it certainly appeared to me that if he wanted to play another year, he, he could have. But your defense over the final nine games of that year held eight opponents without a touchdown. You threw five shutouts. Uh, two questions. Was that the greatest Steeler defense that, that you played on? And uh, was Andy's play still at that high level that he could have kept going had he chosen to? Well, that, that's the thing. Yeah, you're, you're right. I, I, I firmly believe that that was our best defense uh, of all time. I mean, it, uh, you know, we had Bradshaw hurt, and we knew our offense was not going to be able to score a whole lot of points. And we had dug ourselves a huge hole by being one and four at the beginning of the year. So we had to dig ourselves out of that. And, and defensively, we just felt as a man, it was a challenge for us to you know, hold these games to a low-scoring games. And we were able to do that. Uh, I think 
by far that was our, our best defensive effort you know, all the way through and got us into the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's, you know, Andy could have played another couple of years and, and that would have been fine because I, I, I'm, I'm a big believer that you don't have to go out on top if you, if you continue to love playing and, and uh, you want to play and you're healthy enough to play, you know, go for it. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, but it, he, he, he probably – you know, probably left probably maybe a year, at least one year early where he could have been another integral part for us on our defensive side of the ball. Jack, what did you lose when he retired? Did you lose something more on the field or off the field? Well, combination. I think, number one, he's been our captain, was our captain for you know, his entire career on our football team. And I think you lose, I don't think people realize how much how much intelligence is involved in in a, a defense or offense, or whatever the case may be, and how well you play. And Andy, I, I think, set the tone. I mean, he's a smart guy off the field, and he's a smart guy on the field as well. The little nuances of how to play linebacker, how to cover backs out of the backfield, and how to, as the game changes, you got to change as well. You can't be a dinosaur out there. And, and you know, a lot of guys – would not have been able to accept the fact you got to, you know, Andy and I both covered wide receivers underneath a lot of times in the passing game, and you had to do it by technique. Guys like Isaac Curtis, guys like Cliff Branch when they were in the slot. Now we had help over the top, but you had to have good technique so that, you know, Kenny Stabler could not drill the ball right to a wide receiver on a 10 or 15 yard route. That's how the game has changed, and Andy was able to adapt to it, and, uh, you know, that, that, those, are, those are things that I think that, uh, most people, I think other linebackers would know what I'm talking about, but most people didn't realize you, you have to adapt in this game, and, and he was able to do that. Hey, Jack, uh, quick question. We've got about 30 seconds. You mentioned that 76 team. Was that the best Steelers team of all time, even though you didn't win a Super Bowl? I think it was. I think it, at that time, the combination of both our defense was at the peak. After that, we won two Super Bowls with our defense really on the, on the downslide. Uh, our offense was outstanding, and, you know, you had – Swan, Stallworth, and all those guys, Jimmy Smith and Frank Lewis, all coming into their own. And, uh, you know, it, but injuries are part of that. And, you know, right. we were able to win four in six years. But uh, I, I truly believe that that was maybe our best football team ever. And we weren't able to get by the uh, Raiders that, that year. But uh, no question about it, our best team. Jack, we got to run. But thanks for the time. And very much thanks for making the Hall of Fame case for Andy Russell. All right. Well, thank you very much. Take care, guys. Thanks, Thanks Jack. Jack. That was Hall of Fame linebacker Jack Ham. When we return, you'll hear why Dallas, yes, Dallas deserves to have another offensive lineman in the hall. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. My name is Roosevelt. I always thought that cigarette smoking just messed up your lungs. I never thought that at only 45 would give me a heart attack. And I never thought that it would change my life forever. My tip is do your heart a favor and quit now. Heart attack risk drops as soon as you quit. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW for help getting free medication, if available and eligible. That's 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. I've always had the dream, my whole life, I wanted to live on waterfront property. My favorite thing is just that little sound of that motor going by in the distance. And then about a minute later, the waves come out and make the, the old rickety deck squeak a little bit. It's where I want to be. Home means something different to everyone. With millions of homes for sale or rent on Zillow, whatever home means to you, Zillow can help you find it.
Hey, we love Burger King grilled dogs. They're made with 100% beef, and they're 100%. They're so good, they make us want to sing like... I can't believe it. Burger King made a grilled dog. Made with 100% beef. Flame grilled anytime you want. This July 4th weekend, put down the tongs, step away from the grill, and get to Burger King to try a grilled dog for just a dollar. Ask for the dollar grilled dog deal and get a classic grilled dog for a dollar. Only at Burger King. At participating restaurants on July 2nd and 3rd, limit five per transaction while supplies last. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. One obstacle many small businesses face is that getting the capital they need can be a difficult task. That's where Cabbage comes in. Cabbage provides simple, flexible access to a line of credit up to $100,000. They have helped 80,000 businesses with over $2 billion in funding. Go to Cabbage.com or call 888-CABBAGE. You'll get a decision in minutes and can start using your funds immediately. Access your line from a phone or computer and only pay for what you take. Make Cabbage your first resort for business funding. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Hey, here's a deal for you. For just $19.95, you can get Proactive plus a rotating deep cleansing brush valid at $45. Best of all, you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear for your money back. Sound good, Ronnie? Sounds great. I love that brush. Rotate it right in my ear, my head, everywhere. (laughs) It is a good deal. Just call 1-800-644-5944 to take advantage of it. That's 1-800-644-5944. We open this hour by talking about the passing of former coach Buddy Ryan, who may or may not wind up in the Hall of Fame someday. But he's not the only coach we lost this week. Pat Summit, who is in the Hall of Fame, also died. Pat was 64. And guys, what an enormous loss. What she did for women's basketball and basketball in general was profound. I mean, she was a seven-time coach of the year, an eight-time national champ, NCAA tournament participant every season from 1982 until her retirement in 2012 and the winningest Division I basketball coach in history. Yeah, Clark, my only exposure to Pat Summit was back in 1976. I was working for United Press International then and was assigned to cover the basketball at the Montreal Olympics. Pat was the captain of the women's team that won a silver medal. You know, she was bright and articulate then and became a great communicator on the basketball court, leaving a Hall of Fame leg- uh, coaching legacy behind. She was a nice girl who became a great coach. Yeah, and she was, you know, a tremendous uh, innovator and recruiter and, and competitor. I mean, that's you just have to take one look at her on the sidelines, and, you know, right. what you were dealing with, you know. And, uh, of course, I got to know her with all those battles she had with Gino Auriemma, uh, you know, tooth and nail when, as he was yeah. building up UConn, and, and they uh, began to rise, and, and frankly, Tennessee uh, started to recede, uh, and you could feel the hatred growing between the two of them as, as right. the thing progressed, and my famous story of, of, of showing you the difference between the two of them, you know, Pat was a very classy person, and I like Gino, but he was a different kind of guy, and <laughs> somebody said uh, that, you know, it's when they were in the midst of the rivalry, and she said they'd never play them again because of the quasi-recruiting violation uh, or alleged violation. So somebody asked her at the tournament, when, you know, just you and Ariema, you know, you hate each other. No, we don't hate you. She said, well, if you were driving down the highway and you saw Ariema's car broken down the side road and him standing there in the rain, what would you do? And she looked at him like that was crazy. He goes, well, of course I'd pull over and give him a ride. Well, next thing, Gino comes in next and they put the same scenario and they said, uh, and if Pat pulls over, what would you do? 
And he said, wait for another car. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, guys, I, I know this is a pro football show, but this is the Talk of Fame Network. And uh, there was nobody. I mean, nobody who had a greater impact on the women's game and, and maybe the game in general, the Pat Summit, um, gone way too soon, way too soon at the age of 64. I mentioned the Pats in the hall. But someone who's not in the hall is former Dallas Echo Ralph Neely, whom I wrote about this week on our website, talkoffamenetwork.com. Goose knows about him. Uh, Ralph was a four-time All-Pro, two-time Pro Bowler, when that actually meant something, two-time Super Bowl champion and all-decade choice from the 1960s. What he's not, of course, is a Hall of Famer. You know what? I'd like to know why. I mean, as I mentioned, he was an all-decade choice, along with Bob Brown and Forrest Gregg. They're in the hall. Ralph Neely is not. He was part of a bookend of great Dallas tackles, with Neely moved from the right side to the left side, and Rayfield right on the right side when he came to Dallas. Hall of Fame defensive end Willie Davis once said, Neely, not Rayfield Wright, was the toughest tackle he ever faced. Yet Rayfield Wright's in the hall, and he should be. He should be. But Ralph Neely is not. Now, I know there's another offensive lineman in that 1960s all-decade team who should be in. You guys can remind me. We remind each other every week. That's Jerry Kramer. He's also a member of the Hall of Fame's 50th anniversary team. What I don't understand, though, guys, is, is how these particular players get overlooked. I mean, when I asked Gil Brandt this week about Neely, and Gil was the, the head of the Cowboys personnel department at the time in the, in the 60s and the 70s, uh, what he would tell voters who asked about Ralph Neely, if he had to stand up there and, and make a case for him, he said he'd tell them to see what impact he had on the team. In other words, look up the Cowboys record with and without Neely. So I did. They were 1846-4 before he came. They were 131-49-2 and and during his career with Neely playing every game in 10 of 13 seasons, missing only three in two other years, a career which included 11 playoff appearances, four Super Bowls, and two Lombardi trophies. Ralph Neely may not make it to Canton, but I'd like to hear why, which means I'd like to see him get Hall of Fame consideration. We owe him nothing less. Mark, how much do you think those consecutive NFL title game losses to the Packers in the 60s impacted his candidacy? Goose, that's a good question. I, I don't know. You'd have to ask the voters, but it must have had an impact. I mean, Bob Hayes had to wait decades to get in. Leroy Jordan's not in. Chuck Holley's not in. Dan Reeves isn't in. And Ralph Neely isn't either. So it must have had an impact. But how much, I, I can't answer. That's the two-minute warning. Well, that is the two-minute warning. And you know what? I'm asking the questions this week. Rick and Ron are going to answer. And Derek, yes, Derek Burns, our producer, is on the clock. So, Derek, let's get it started. Finding Nemo, finding Dory, or finding Johnny Manziel? Nemo or Dory, we've already found Johnny Manziel. Finding Johnny, he seems as deflated as Tom Brady's balls. (laughs) (laughs) Which has your greatest interest? A, the Game of Thrones finale, B, the new Tarzan movie, or C, Ryan Fitzpatrick's next move? Tarzan, I care more about Johnny Weissmuller than I do about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, what are you talking about, Ghost? Amish Rifle is made for primetime drama. And with his aim, he could take down Tarzan, too. (laughs) James Harrison calls the NFL a bully. So what would Tom Brady call Roger Goodell? Darth Vader. After the next court ruling, Clark? Sir. (laughs) Please. The NFL insists everyone connected with the Al Jazeera story will be interviewed. So what are the chances Peyton Manning's one of them? There's less chance than Peyton Manning winning another Super Bowl. Oh, there's a 100% chance, man. Peyton says he's going to cooperate, and you know how it's going to go. Question. Well, how you doing? Fine. Well, no fine. See you later. <laughs> True or false? Tom Brady will hire Led Zeppelin's defense team if his case goes to the Supreme Court. Mark, what he needs from the justice is a whole lot of love. Oh, yeah. Oh, very good. They wouldn't take the case because he doesn't have one. 
What are the chances you rent an apartment to Des Bryant? There's even less of a chance that Jerry Jones leases him a suite at AT&T Stadium. Better chance that I rent to Johnny Menzel. All he does is pass out. <laughs> Rex Ryan says Buffalo won the offseason. So what's his prize? Two free tickets to the Super Bowl. <laughs> that would be good. How about this? Lifetime supply of toe polish. <laughs> Who had the tougher week? Johnny Menzel's lawyer or the English soccer team? The English soccer team, that left a nation mourning. Not so Johnny Menzel's defense team. Yeah, English soccer team, they lost to Iceland. He just lost a bad client. What is it about the name Stanley Wilson that seems to cause so much trouble? It's never the name. It's always the people with the name. It's the gene pool. But look at it this way. At least Stanley Senior kept his pants on. Herschel Walker says he knows he can play in the NFL at the age of 54. So who should shine him? The only guy I know who would have done it is George Allen. I don't know who should sign, but I know who shouldn't, Clark. A health insurance company. <laughs> if Jim Irsay pays $137,000 for a Prince guitar, what's he going to pay for Andrew Luck? Put a dollar sign before 137, a decimal point after it. <laughs> Too much. Same as he paid Peyton. <laughs> That's, the end of the That's the end of our first hour, but don't go anywhere. We'll be back with columnist Ed Graney from Las Vegas and the best sound bites of the past year. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. The thought of my sons growing up without me inspired me to quit smoking. I talked to my doctors, and then I threw away all my cigarettes, ashtrays, and lighters. I started exercising instead of smoking. Staying away from alcohol when I was first quitting was key. I kept on trying. Learned something each time. Do whatever it takes. We did it. So can you. You can quit. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW for help getting free medication, if available and eligible. That's 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. One obstacle many small businesses face is that getting the capital they need can be a difficult task. That's where Cabbage comes in. Cabbage provides simple, flexible access to a line of credit up to $100,000. They have helped 80,000 businesses with over $2 billion in funding. Go to Cabbage.com or call 888-CABBAGE. You'll get a decision in minutes and can start using your funds immediately. Access your line from a phone or computer and only pay for what you take. Make Cabbage your first resort for business funding. Hey, everyone. This is Life Tips with GEICO. Life Tip 1. Use a shower squeegee to remove pet fur from carpet. Squeegee is also very fun to say. Consider it when naming a pet or child. Life Tip 2. Switch to GEICO and you could save hundreds on your car insurance. With over 75 years of experience and a 97% customer satisfaction rating, they know what they're doing. GEICO. Get savings into your life. Visit GEICO.com today. Hi, Tom Bodette. During all these Motel 6 renovations, I've picked up some construction lingo working with the brickies, sparkies, and wood butchers while they shop rocket these renos till they shine like a spool of 10-gauge copper. And even after all the updates with the knock-knocks, Motel 6 still costs you less cheese than any national chain. Okay, time to take off the brain bucket and roll out. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the wattage on for you. Book direct at motel6.com. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? Well, I'll tell you. It means you should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. So go. 
Welcome back to our number two of the Talk of Fame Network. As we mentioned, this is the season finale for year number two. But before you dial our complaint department, let me remind you that you can catch our best of interview series starting next week. We, on the other hand, yeah, we're going to disappear for three weeks while leaving our voices behind. Then, of course, we return for season number three, which is just in time for this year's Hall of Fame induction in Canton, where, Goose Man, the biggest party, I think it's going to be at the Hall, but it's going to be wherever 2016 inductee Eddie DeBartolo Jr. is going to be. Clark, as you well know, this is the guy who introduced first-class travel and first-class accommodations to the NFL back in the early 1980s. I think he's going to introduce first-class partying to Canton this summer. Well, you know, you think there's any chance that Bruce or Bono shows up? <laughs> I mean, you know Huey Lewis and the News are going to be there, but you can bet you're going to walk in there and go, wow, who's that? You know, who it's going to be? I don't know, Beyonce? Maybe. But it's you know, Eddie will be over the top. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> I just mean, wish that Stabler was around to be there in the corner oh, by the oh, jukebox boy. having a He'd couple of cocktails. Yeah, well, you said Bruce. You mean Ike Bruce, friend of the show? Yeah, Ike Bruce, exactly right. Former 49er, too. Well, we know where we can find Eddie, and then Kevin Green, and Brett Favre, and Marvin Harrison, basically anyone going into the hall. We know where to find them in August. But what we don't know is where we can find the Raiders a year from now, uh, which is why we're bringing back columnist Ed Graney of the Las Vegas Review-Journal to talk about what the NHL Going to Las Vegas means for the NFL, if it means anything, you're going to hear from Ed in this hour, as well as the best sound bites of our past year. But first, guys, we talked about Buddy Ryan in hour number one, and it brings back a familiar subject that, Gooseman, I, I know you feel very passionately about, and that's including coaches and assistant coaches in the contributor category for Hall of Fame consideration. Yeah, I think putting coaches in with players is not a fair fight. You know, pitting a Don Coryell against a LaDainian Thompson will never be a winning hand for a coach. This committee will vote the player over the coach 95% of the time. You know, my suggestion would be to create two separate categories, one for those who crossed the white sideline and played the game, and the other for those who didn't cross that sideline, commissioners owners, coaches, and the like. You know, a, a great assistant coach and a worthy Hall of Famer candidate such as Ernie Zampezi will thus have a chance to be rewarded for his contributions to the game. No way uh, under the current setup. Ronnie, just a hunch here, but based on what you've told us in the past, my guess is you're not all that supportive of this idea. Is that right? No, I, I'm not. I just think, you know, look, I love to get some innovative assistant coaches in, uh, but mm -hmm. I just think it you get the possibility of opening a Pandora's box that you can't close if, if you're not... Uh, if you put them in a quasi-separate uh, circumstance, you know, suddenly this guy was a good guy and that guy was good at what he did and that guy was good. Uh, to me, most NFL coaches are good. You know, they don't get jobs if they're not good. Uh, so the issue is how did they impact the game beyond the norm? And as for head coaches, you know, I, I still would keep in with the players. I just think if their case isn't strong enough to beat out a field of players, then they probably don't belong in the first place. But don't you think Goose is right about it? it's an unfair fight to go against players? I mean, it really does. Well, it's a little unfair. It's a little unfair. But I think that, and you guys have heard me say this before, I, I feel the same way about players. Uh, I'm not for in, uh, inclusion or for exclusion. I think it should be a really elite group of of people. I mean, really elite. Not like some of these other uh, halls of fame that are you know, letting everybody come in. So I, I think that for the most part they've gotten the coaches. I, I can't think of a lot of head coaches from back in the day I'm not saying there aren't some exceptions, but I can't think of too many where I say, boy, that guy should be in the Hall of Fame, like I would say well, about a Jerry Kramer. Goose, if you have your fingers on the pulse of Canton. That's, of course, why we call you Dr. Data. 
What are the chances, do you think, of this actually happening, that they could, that Canton, the Hall of Fame, Pro Football Hall of Fame, could put coaches and assistant coaches in the contributor category? No, I think there's probably about a 10% chance. You know, the, the list of worthy coaching candidates will thin out over the next several years. You won't see the George Hallises and Don Shillos who spent a quarter of a century on an NFL sideline anymore. There's a lack of patience and NFL owners that will thin out this herd considerably. Okay, well, let's just say, for argument's sake, that that 10% actually happens, that coaches are included as contributors. Who's the first to take advantage of it? Don Coryell? No, I, unless you've gone to four Super Bowls without winning, like Marv Levy, it's going to be difficult to enshrine a coach who never won anything. You know, I would think of Tom Flores or Jimmy Johnson will be next up in the queue. How about you, Ron? I would, you know, I turn back the clock. I, I'm would hoping for Clark Shaughnessy because to me he really changed the game more than Coriel and more than a lot of these other guys that we talk about you know more than anyone I mean he was the father of the T formation in later years George Hallis brought him back to come up with defenses to stop the T formation which he also did he also was unlike uh, some of these guys a successful uh, head coach even though he did one thing most successful head coaches can't do. He got himself fired in two years after going 14-7-3 and with the Rams. That's a winning percentage of 667, uh, but a little bit difficult to uh, deal with. That's why he was never in the hall, but he would be my first choice. But, Ron, you understand why I mentioned Coriel because uh, the last two years, sure. for instance, he's been a finalist, and this past year he made into the final 10. I mean, he was in the final 10. I know. I was surprised by that, actually, to, to be honest with you. I, I thought he had a group of guys uh, behind him, and, and that's fine that would, would get him there for a while, but I, I was I was surprised he got to 10. I just think my problem with Don is twofold. One, Goose mentioned, which is when you're the coach, you should be winning something. And my other problem with him is more guys have gotten credit for the West Coast offense. You know, it was Sid Gilman and it was Bill Walsh, and, and now it's Don Coriel who was in the sandwich between Sid Gilman and, and Bill Walsh. Well, who wasn't? You know, I mean, you know, and I, as you know, Clark, I covered – him uh, a lot of times when the char- uh, Chargers were at their height and they kept losing to the Raiders. So, right. you know, I just say, okay, what was missing? <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what's missing. Tom Flores from your nomination. I thought you were going with Flores rather than Shaughnessy. Yeah, well, you know, I, I just think that Shaughnessy, you know, really was, he was a real innovative coach. You know, Tom. Well, and- arg- Tom's argument is two Super Bowl victories, which is a strong one. But uh, I think for non-players, a lot of it has should be did you change the game? And, and he did. Well, and Shaughnessy also has the first name Clark, which I know you're partial to. Well, that's uh, the other reason. I didn't want to mention it, but exactly right. <laughs> okay. Uh, on another subject, and this is also one that we've dissected before, uh, former Detroit Lions receiver Calvin Johnson reiterated that he's finished with football, that he said he's quote-unquote fed up, as he put it, with the wear and tear of the game, that even though he's 30, yeah, just 30, he's never, ever coming back. Now, Gooseman... I remember when this happened with another Detroit Lions legend, and people said, yeah, he's going to change his mind. He's going to change his mind. Don't worry. Except Barry Sanders never did. You think we've seen the end of Calvin Johnson? Yes, I do. He's accomplished all that he can accomplish on the football field. You play on into your 30s to win a championship, and he's employed by a franchise that hasn't won one since 1957. This guy was the second overall pick of an NFL draft. He's got a Georgia Tech education, so he has the money and schooling to do whatever he wants in life. And I do think the money that players make today will lead to shorter careers across the board, especially with the reports of the head or injuries in football and how they impact your later life. 
get your money and get out. And I think it's Calvin Johnson's done that. Well, we've gone through this before, Goose, but um, this seems to be sort of a trend. Players at younger ages retiring. We've seen it across the board. Even guys, you know, as we've seen in San Francisco in their 20s and early 20s, step in way. Chris Borland was uh, last year. But this seems to be sort of the beginning of a trend. Yeah. And was Calvin Johnson the best receiver of his era? You know, I'd say so. He played nine years, including the best single season of any receiver in history in 2012 when he came within 36 yards of football's first 2,000-yard season. You know, I think that puts him in the discussion for the Hall of Fame, and I think nine years, uh, that's plenty good enough for a guy of his uh, stature. Okay, so now you lead me to the next question. It's the obvious question. I did ask you this before, so I'll ask it again. Let's just say he stays retired. He plays Barry Sanders, and he never comes back. Goose, start with you. Does he make the Hall of Fame? I think eventually he would make it. I don't think it'd be first ballot. I think people would hold the nine years against him for whatever reason. But I, I think he, he may be a second or third ballot guy. Uh, I don't think so. You don't, don't think you'd make the Hall of Fame? I don't. Uh, now, look, I'd have to do more research, you know, which I haven't done. But looking just on the surface, it's about your production. Right now, he's 22nd in receiving touchdowns, one ahead of Art Powell. And I hear no clamoring to put Art Powell in the Hall of Fame. He's 27th in yards with Derek Mason, Jimmy Smith, Anquan Bolden, Irving Fryer all ahead of them, who's leading their charge into Canton. And he's 43rd in receptions during a passing era, and he's sandwiched between Santana Moss, Hall of Famer, I think not, Marquise Colton, and <clears throat> Joey Galloway, who once said to Tom Brady, who asked him to stay out after practice, he said, I don't do overtime. <laughs> Judged by the company you keep, even when it comes to uh, the Hall of Fame. And uh, anyone in that company, to me, uh, is the Hall of Very Good. Ron, you must have hated Gail Sayers. <laughs> well, you, you talk statistically. Now, you that's a lousy. That's a lousy Sanders. comparison. That's 1965. This guy played <laughs> in an era where they throw the ball 75 percent of the time and threw it sideways 95 percent of the time. So well, Listen, we don't hate. He had 122 we catches. We so don't much. hate Gail Sayers here. We love commercials, and we're going to one, guys. When we return, we're going to hear from Tom Ed Graney of the Las Vegas Review Journal. Calm down, Ron. And what's next for the, the Raiders, for the Raiders, Ron? Supposed to be against them. And the NFL <laughs> now that the NHL is coming to town. You're listening to the talk. My name is Roosevelt. I always thought that cigarette smoking just messed up your lungs. I never thought that at only 45 would give me a heart attack. And I never thought that it would change my life forever. My tip is do your heart a favor and quit now. Heart attack risk drops as soon as you quit. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW for help getting free medication, if available and eligible. That's 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Hey, we love Burger King grilled dogs. They're made with 100% beef, and they're 100%. Mm. They're so good, they make us want to sing like... I can't believe it. Burger King made a grilled dog. Made with 100% beef. Flame grilled anytime you want. This July 4th weekend, put down the tongs, step away from the grill, and get to Burger King to try a grilled dog for just a dollar. Ask for the dollar grilled dog deal and get a classic grilled dog for a dollar. Only at Burger King. At participating restaurants on July 2nd and 3rd, limit five per transaction while supplies last. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. One obstacle many small businesses face is that getting the capital they need can be a difficult task. That's where Cabbage comes in. Cabbage provides simple, flexible access to a line of credit up to $100,000. They have helped 80,000 businesses with over $2 billion in funding. Go to Cabbage.com or call 888-CABBAGE. You'll get a decision in minutes and can start using your funds immediately. Access your line from a phone or computer and only pay for what you take. Make Cabbage your first resort for business funding. 
Hi, Tom Bodette with news for AARP members. Stay at Motel 6 and get great benefits like a 10% discount, free Wi-Fi, even late checkout on request. Those are a big help because members say they want to travel more. They also say they want to go on cruises. And while we have over 1,200 convenient locations, they don't float, so no help there. Book by calling 855-M6-AARP-0. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. I've always had the dream, my whole life, I wanted to live on waterfront property. My favorite thing is just that little sound of that motor going by in the distance. And then about a minute later, the waves come out and make the, the old rickety deck squeak a little bit. It's where I want to be. Home means something different to everyone. With millions of homes for sale or rent on Zillow, whatever home means to you, Zillow can help you find it. Hey, everyone. This is Life Tips with Geico. Life Tip 1. Use a shower squeegee to remove pet fur from carpet. Squeegee is also very fun to say. Consider it when naming a pet or child. Life Tip 2. Switch to Geico and you could save hundreds on your car insurance. With over 75 years of experience and a 97% customer satisfaction rating, they know what they're doing. Geico. Get savings into your life. Visit geico.com today. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network. Hey, Ron, got a question for you. Yes, sir, I got an answer. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance? you have any idea? Yeah, it means I should have called 15 minutes ago. Save some cash. You're right. Great deal. Go to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. You use right. Save yourself some cash. And you know what? You can save yourself some cash, too. By going to Proactive for just nineteen ninety five, you can get Proactive plus rotating deep cleansing brush valued at forty five dollars. But best of all, best of all, you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear for your money back. Sound good? Sounds great. I use that rotating brush. <laughs> it does sometimes. sound great. Yeah, I use it right on my computer sometimes. It's get double my money. I could, I could use that on my computer and cleanse whatever story I've got up there. But just call one eight hundred six four four five nine four four. That's one eight hundred six four four five nine four four. Our next guest, he should be familiar to you. He was on our program about I don't know two weeks, no, two months ago, I'd say. Uh, I'm talking about Ed Graney, lead columnist for the Las Vegas Review Journal, and it's a radio co-host out there. Whom we brought back because of what just happened in Las Vegas. And what just happened is that it landed an NHL expansion franchise, which, of course, begs the question, what does this mean for the NFL in general and the Oakland Raiders in particular? And, Ed, you want to answer that question? Fellas, how are you? Good to be back. Um, Great. I don't know if the NHL means anything. I, I think um, you look, I mean, I think National we Hockey thought- League, Ed. <laughs> Yeah, the National Hockey League. Um, I, we all thought that would be the kind of, for lack of a better term, guinea pig in in terms of let's see, like over time, how the market can take a professional franchise. And well, everyone's excited today, and they've sold over fifteen thousand season tickets at at T-Mobile Arena, and everyone's jacked up. I uh, still uh, say, let's what it's like for four years from now if they're not in the playoffs, not winning, and they're playing Calgary on night. Who's going? I think that's kind of going to be the witness test. When it comes to the NFL, I've always thought the NFL is its own monster, its own thing, and I think if uh, the stadium issue goes through, we had news on the stadium I can update you about. Uh, but if that does go through to the legislature and gets okayed, then I think uh, Davis and the Raiders uh, will want to come, and I'm not so sure the NHL getting an NHL team has anything to do with that. The NFL is just too big in that sense. 
Ed, do you expect the NBA to join this rent to Las Vegas? That's the, and I think that's what Adam Silver is going to do, and I think he's going to watch. Um, the, the arena is built for hockey, but they're one of the side of the arena is built specifically for an NBA franchise in terms of locker rooms, training. The other side's hockey. So they're ready if, in fact, Silver one day wants to make Vegas more than just the summer league and USA basketball and all the things they already do here. That's what that's that's the one thing uh, when we I think we'll look at this you know the closest not the NFL because again I think it's so different in the NFL is an entity to itself I don't think they'll watch hockey because there's so many less dates in the NFL and it's just a, a different thing but the NBA I do think they will watch this very closely and see how the people continue to sport over the first few years so yeah I mean the arena is built for it and they're ready for it and I think Silver's a really smart guy and I do think he'll sit back and watch how the city responds to uh, the team because look. It's more of a basketball town, obviously, than a hockey town. So if it supports hockey on any kind of consistent level, I would think he'd feel comfortable if he came in that he could uh, his team would be supported here. As far as the NFL goes, obviously the stadium's the issue in, in uh, club seats and luxury suites. That's always the uh, uh, the issue. And it's not like you have a ton of industries, although you have a ton of casinos. And you have Sheldon Adelson, of course, who could buy all of luxury seats if he chooses yeah. to. So, so what do you think? Do you think there's enough of that kind of support? Not the not the ticket sellers, the daily ticket sellers, because let's face it, a lot of people come in from LA and watch the game. But do you think there's enough of the consumer of the club seat money and the luxury suite uh, money? And and a two part question. The other part is, uh, will they do a deal with Treasure Island, the Raiders? Right around that boat in the front, and when the boat sinks yeah. and all that stuff. That would make that. That's why I think they people say the Raiders are the perfect organization for this town and the craziness that comes with it. Um, I don't think. I mean, the stadium. Um, I'll update you on that. Last week, a new proposal came board. You know, the first proposal from the uh, fans people was seven hundred fifty million in, ta- in public money. I never got up in arms in that because I knew it would never be seven fifty. There's no way it was staying at that. I was a little surprised when they uh, uh, came back with another proposal, the uh, the legislature side of things, saying 515 public money. That's still an enormous amount percentage-wise compared to other stadiums. You always thought it would come back towards the middle, like in Minnesota and other places, where there'd be less public money. So while the Sands and Majestic people who are building this, you know, kind of scoffed at that, I think probably behind closed doors they were smiling, saying, "Wow, we can't believe they're." you know, bringing us 550 in public money. Um, if it goes through and it goes to the special session in the legislature, I do think that it would be supported. The casinos would all buy the suites. Bill Foley, who bought the hockey teams that I'm in, I think there's another angle that no one's talking about here. The UFC, I do believe, is for sale. If it hasn't already been sold for over $4 billion. The Fertitas are not the type of people who are going to make $4 billion off the UFC and never own anything again when it comes to sports. So I've always believed that people like Jerry Jones and Bob Kraft and these people who are supposedly pro-Vegas, well, they might be pro-Vegas for a team. I'm not sure if they're pro-Mark Davis. And I think that they would make a hard push for the Fertitas then as the local owners with that kind of money to come in and be more stabilized in terms of being part owners of that team. So, yeah, I think if the stadium went through and they came, there would be support. Right now, though, I think the main you know, the main hurdle, obviously, is they've got to get that stadium pushed through. Well, Ed, you know, it's interesting you mentioned Kraft because he's one of the uh, people who's part of the of a of a group trying to buy UFC. So yeah. it's it yeah, right to your yeah, your point. Chinese billionaires and Kraft, and I think that look, there's way too much smoke for that thing not to be something there. And then the funny thing is, the only people who denied it is the UFC and not any of these investors. So I do think it's for sale. You and can look, always take not, their word you know, for it, Ed. For, <laughs> you know, well, they bought they bought it for two million. They lost fifty. So you know what? 
I, I'm not I'm not good at math, but if I'm making four billion off fifty million investment, uh, I feel pretty good at myself. That's actually what these people are about to pay these guys. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's pretty good <laughs> pretty investment. That's the kind of investment Clark makes. <laughs> Me, yeah. not so much. Well, we're speaking with Kamas Ed Graney of the Las Vegas Review Journal and math major Ed Graney, and yeah. you can follow him at, at Ed Graney. And Ed, I've had people tell me that the terms of any agreement with Stan Kroenke in Los Angeles would be so onerous for another team going in there, uh, no matter who that team is, that, that the Raiders would choose, let's say that team would you know could be the Raiders, they would choose Las Vegas over L.A. if they had the chance, obviously, meaning if the Chargers stayed in San Diego. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, I don't, I've never understood, I mean, I guess I understand, because if you don't have a stadium and you, you can get into a, a brand new stadium, I understand that those kind of revenue streams, but I've just never understood whether it be the Chargers or the Raiders, why they want to be this guy's tenant which essentially they would be there. And I know the Raiders have a you know built-in fan base there, more so than probably the Chargers up in L.A., but he could have Vegas to himself. And Southwest would add a bunch of lights, and people would be driving in, and, and, and he would rule this town. If he ever brought that team here, it would be crazy here for the faithfulness. I mean, these tourism meetings now where they're deciding about the stadium – it's literally a, ta- a Raider tailgate party. They're they're partying in the in the parking lot. They have this, they already have the Las Vegas Raiders flags up. I mean, it's huge. So I don't know why he'd want to be this guy's tenant in L.A. I never understood that. I know it's L.A., but anyone who goes there is second fiddle to him. He got in first. He got the momentum going. I I, I would absolutely, if I was Davis, if I could get a brand new state of the state of the art stadium in Vegas, whether it be at the Riviera site or the UNLV site, they're deciding between sites. And you could run this town. I don't know why he wouldn't want to be here over being second fiddle. Las Vegas is going to be everybody's favorite road trip. Is it possible to have any kind of home field, home court, home ice advantage? That's a great question, and I, I, I'm not so sure about that. I'm not so sure. You know, in the NFL, of course, you'd always have opposing teams. Um, hockey is going to be interesting. Very transient city. People from a lot of places. Hockey places, but I think right now the NHL is just hoping to get 15 to 17 in every night. We're not really sure what you know. We care what sweaters they're wearing. I could. That's a great point, and a lot of people think that's going to happen with hockey. That you know, if they're playing the Blackhawks, you know, is it half Blackhawks people? At this point, I'm not sure if Bill Foley completely cares about that because he just wants the full building. When it comes to the NFL, though, you're exactly right. Vegas always high on Ron Borges' list. Hey, Eddie, we got to run. Thanks for the time, and I'm sure we'll be checking in with you again this season. Thank you, fellas. Take care of yourselves. You got Thank it. You. Thanks, Ed. That was Ed Graney of Las Vegas Review Journal. Up next, the best sound bites of 2016. This is the Talk of Fame Network. The thought of my sons growing up without me inspired me to quit smoking. I talked to my doctors, and then I threw away all my cigarettes, ashtrays, and lighters. I started exercising instead of smoking. Staying away from alcohol when I was first quitting was key. I kept on trying. Learned something each time. Do whatever it takes. We did it. So can you. You can quit. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW for help getting free medication, if available and eligible. That's 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. You find yourself lying on a beach, feeling warm sand sink between your toes. You ask a passing seagull how you achieved this bliss. Saving money, the seagull whispers, by bundling your auto and motorcycle insurance. You thank the seagull. He steals your sandwich. Ascend to a higher plane of insurance. Bundle your policies and save with Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. One obstacle many small businesses face is that getting the capital they need can be a difficult task. That's where Cabbage comes in. 
Cabbage provides simple, flexible access to a line of credit up to $100,000. They have helped 80,000 businesses with over $2 billion in funding. Go to cabbage.com or call 888-CABBAGE. You'll get a decision in minutes and can start using your funds immediately. Access your line from a phone or computer and only pay for what you take. Make Cabbage your first resort for business funding. Hi, Tom Bodette with news for AARP members. Stay at Motel 6 and get great benefits like a 10% discount, free Wi-Fi, even late checkout on request. Those are a big help because members say they want to travel more. They also say they want to go on cruises. And while we have over 1,200 convenient locations, they don't float, so no help there. Book by calling 855-M6-AARP-0. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Ron Borges. Yes? What does it mean? When Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. It means 15 minutes ago I could have saved myself buku bucks. That's correct, sir. So go to Geico.com and save yourself, as Ron would put it, buku bucks. Save yourself a lot of money with Proactive, too, for just nineteen ninety five, and get Proactive plus a rotating deep cleansing brush valued at $45. Best of all, you're guaranteed, yes, guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or your money back. Just call 1-800-644-5944. That's 1-800-644-5944. As we mentioned, this is the last show of our second season, our season finale. You'll be hearing our best of interviews the next three weeks while we're away, and it starts with a series of interviews next week with the 2016 Hall of Fame inductees, but that's next week this week we'd like to recap our best sound bites of the past 52 months and no there's no charles haley calling out tom brady here that happened in the first year of our show but there is plenty it's plenty of material beginning with well beginning with former 49er dwight clark's assessment of the dallas san francisco series now this one happened just before the super bowl we were talking to him just before the super bowl and doing a segment on the best rivalries in the game and i think it was goose happened to ask dwight about the 49ers and cowboys and he asked him was this the best rivalry of that time and we hope we'd get a good answer but we had no idea how good it would be derek (laughs) if you have dwight clark queued up on that 49ers cowboys series and if it was the best of that era let her rip i think so I, I hadn't thought about it, but man, that we hated each other. We wanted those motherfuckers <laughs> so bad, and we only got them like one out of four times, too. They they right. they were good. They were good, but you know the whole that well, the Forty ers have this hatred for the Cowboys because of the early seventies, mm-hmm. and then to finally beat them in the eighties, early eighties, that that was awesome. In nineteen eighty, they beat us fifty nine to fourteen in Dallas. And Bill was in the locker room saying, don't ever forget this. Those motherfuckers ran this score up. We'll never forget this. And so when we played them the next year, we were trying to run the score up on them. And we, and we beat out of 45 to 17 or something. And if we'd had more time, Bill would have just kept throwing it. That fueled the, the rivalry. But it's like the 70s Cowboys got us. The early 80s uh, 49ers got the Cowboys. And then the rubber match was that early 90s, and the, and the Cowboys came out on top. They were good, man. Emma Smith was a... 
you know, I can understand the bitterness from the 49ers standpoint. Were it not for the Cowboys in the 90s, the 49ers may have won four of the first five Super Bowls of the 1990s decade. That would have given them eight Lombardi trophies in a span of 14 years. And had they done that, Ron, the 49ers would have almost as many Hall of Famers as the Raiders by now. <laughs> You're such a funny guy. Uh, look, I'm from Boston. The only thing we like better than being happy is being mad. So, uh, you know, that was great. To- <laughs> I thought that was Clark Philadelphia. Won. Yeah, you know, your clock was like, that was great, you know. I mean, uh, and the depth of it, you know, uh, you could see the depth of it was just dripping through the microphone, how they felt. And, and Bill Walsh, you know, you know, who went to San Jose State but wanted everybody to think he went to Stanford, you know, suddenly right. using right. nasty words you know, to describe an opponent that's <laughs> – it was great. It was, it was good stuff. And that, that, to me, is the essence of a real rivalry, hatred. We'll talk about good stuff, Ronnie. Um, of course, there was one of my favorites. That would be 2015 Hall of Fame inductee Bill Polian on Terrell Owens. And we asked Bill what he thought about Terrell as a 2016 candidate, and he told us. But, Goose, I know you remember this. He told us after we'd uh, finished with him, we were talking sort of off the record then, and we were doing an interview there, and, and, and he was pretty – blatant and then frank about uh, what he thought about owens and then afterwards he said hey feel free to use the comment and we did and you know what it became a big deal when the board of selectors sat down in february to discuss the 15 finals including of course to derek if you've got that let's hear pull in on what he thought about to as a hall of famer last summer well actually this february i got a very simple answer for you the hall of fame ought to be for people who've made their teams better right not who disrupted their teams Right. And made them worse. Yeah, Clark, we touched on this. T.O. played for five teams, and all five of them couldn't wait to get him out the door. You know, if, if a guy's got the characteristics, but he's a great player, you find a way to make it work. No one seemed to want to find a way to make it work with T.O. Third most catches in history, boys and girls. Third most catches in history. Some, whoever was mad at him, they weren't mad at him on Sunday afternoons at one. That's pretty obvious. So, uh, look, was he? do you want him marrying his sister or moving in next door? Probably not. But that's not what this is all about. Is it yeah, about well, what about production? being a Hall of Fame teammate, teammate, and he was a terrible teammate, terrible. Yeah. Well, um, you don't, anyway, and I think that's what Pauline was talking that, about. Anyway, that, I like that, that one. Of, that Hall of Fame is right next to Disneyland. This is a football Hall of Fame. <laughs> I like that one, but let's be honest, guys. It was nothing in comparison to what we got two months later from 2016 Hall of Fame <laughs> inductee Marvin Harris. <laughs> yeah. Now consider this. Marvin had done virtually no interviews, none after his retirement yet. He agreed to sit down with us after Goose felt him out and talked to him, and he agreed to sit down with us after his election. Boy, are we glad he did. Derek, let's hit it. Marvin, um, entering your third year of eligibility for Canton, you were joined in the finals, as you know, for that class, by another elite receiver, and that's Terrell Owens, uh, former 49er, Eagle, uh, you name it, Dallas Cowboy. Question, how concerned were you that the two of you could split the vote much like Brown and Andy Reid and Chris Carter had in past years, but could split the vote and keep each other out? Uh, I wasn't concerned at all. Uh, I'm not concerned about, you know, T.O. and not one bit. You know, I, you know, I was concerned about myself. So I wasn't worried about splitting the vote, vote with anyone. And that was it. And the person that was supposed to get in got in, and that was me. If he didn't get in, that's his problem. And he can get <laughs> and all that other he's been doing. That's on him. But I'm in. My jacket is gold. I don't look in the rearview mirror for nobody so he can get his ass in whenever he gets in. He gets in. He get in too bad. Hey, hey, Ma- Marvin, a follow-up question on that. Now that you're in, you're a member of the Hall. Nobody can take that away from you. Should Terrell Owens be in the Hall? I'm not worried about nobody in my rearview mirror. I'm only worried about the gold jacket. And I have a gold jacket. I'm not worried about gold jackets behind me. Okay, but up to me, Isaac Bruce, Reggie Wayne, 
uh, I can go and listen. Uh, Moss, Randy Moss can all get in. They all get a lot of class with them. If they didn't get in the same time I got in, they'd have had a better approach about it as opposed to this guy. And I'm not worried about nobody else but me. My jacket is gold. I don't look in the rearview mirror. Marvin, line forms his back, right? Right, <laughs> You know, Marvin never said a word when he was passed over by the Hall of Fame Selection Committee in that first year of eligibility. He never said a word when he was passed over a second time. So when he finally got voted in his third year, I think he was a little peeved that, that Owens believed he should have jumped to the top of the queue. And Marvin said so. Marvin never said a word his whole career, and I could... I can see why Bill Bowley and Robbie was happy that he didn't after that. What a That was great. <laughs> and right here on the Dog of Fame Network. That was his, uh, Remember, the, everything went viral, man. That thing was. Yeah, yeah that, that was a big was one. It was like. Um, and he made Charles your day. One. He made you the happy He did. He did America. make my day. He made my year. Hey, um, listen, because this is election year, guys, uh, this show would not be complete without some last words on our favorite candidate. Now, be former New Jersey General's owner, Donald Trump. Now, Doug Flutie played for him. Nate Newton, of course, did not. But both had something to say about him when we sat down with them. First, Derek, let's hear from Flutie. We're with Doug Flutie on the Talk of Fame Network. And Doug, speaking to that New Jersey Generals football team, you know the Donald, Donald Trump, better than any of us and all of us combined. Would he be better running the country than he was running a football team? (laughs) Tell you what, I like his uh, viewpoint on a lot of issues. I really do. I think he'd be scary as a president. I don't know. <laughs> you know but when it comes to, to uh, political office, you want someone that is able to be a little diplomatic in the way he phrases things. Or I don't know. I, I think he, in certain areas, he he'd do extremely well. Other areas, he's uh, living daylight out of all of it. And now, Derek, let's hear Nate Newton. All I'm going to say is if y'all vote Donald Trump for president, then the world is wrecked. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's the U.S. I mean, I, I love a man that it can go out and be broke five times and come back and be as rich uh, better than next time. But he ruined us. He ruined us. This league should have still been around, man. The U.S. never went defunct. This should have been something that was springing into the NFL, man. If they would have worked this right, you know, let's look at the great players that came out of there, man. Like you say, the Reggie Whites of the world. I mean, Jim Kelly, you know, even though he was going to be great regardless, you know, Anthony Carter. You know, the league and the NFL didn't feel good about Anthony Carter and say he was too slow. But he was one of the few guys in Minnesota that could take a five-yard slant and go 60 yards for a guy that ran a 4-9-40 coming out of college, out of Michigan. So we had some players, man, a whole lot of players. Hey, Nate, just a guess here, but uh, sounds like you're not voting for Donald Trump, correct? <laughs> no, no, I ain't no way in the world I vote for this dude, man. All he got me was three dollars. I mean, we got $3 on a lawsuit? Come on, Donald. <laughs> well, he's not going to vote for Donald Trump, but we are going to vote for a commercial. That's where we're going. And when we return, we're going to hear from Ron on the NFL and Al Jazeera. Absolutely. This is the Talk of Fame Network. My name is Roosevelt. I always thought that cigarette smoking just messed up your lungs. I never thought that at only 45 would give me a heart attack. And I never thought that it would change my life forever. My tip is do your heart a favor. And quit now. Heart attack risk drops as soon as you quit. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW for help getting free medication, if available and eligible. That's 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. One obstacle many small businesses face is that getting the capital they need can be a difficult task. That's where Cabbage comes in. Cabbage provides simple, flexible access to a line of credit up to $100,000. They have helped 80,000 businesses with over $2 billion in funding. Go to cabbage.com or call 888-CABBAGE. You'll get a decision in minutes and can start using your funds immediately. Access your line from a phone or computer and only pay for what you take. 
Make cabbage your first resort for business funding. In that neighborhood, it was almost impossible to get what we could afford. So I had set up alerts on Zillow to say, if anything in this area ever comes below a certain price point, it just popped up one day and I was like, oh my God, we have to go see it. It's a really wonderful neighborhood. And then to add on to that how wonderful the house is, is so cool. Home means something different to everyone. With millions of homes for sale or rent on Zillow, whatever home means to you, Zillow can help you find it. Not a morning person? Yeah, me neither. So I'll make this simple. Bacon. Egg. Cheese. Chris Sandwich. You awake yet? Good. Right now at Burger King, get two hot and flaky Chris Sandwich breakfast sandwiches for just $4. That's two Chris Sandwich for just $4 at Burger King. Piled high with crispy bacon, fluffy egg, and melted cheese. And they're two for $4. Hey, treat yourself. It's the morning. Get two Chris Sandwich for just $4 today. Only at Burger King. Limited time only. Price participation vary. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. Well, I'll tell you, you should call. You should call Proactive because for just $19.95, you can get Proactive plus a rotating deep cleansing brush valued at $45. Best of all, you're guaranteed, just guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or your money back. Just call 1-800-644-5944. That's 1-800-644-5944. And I'll tell you what else you should do. You should go to Geico.com because if you'd gone there 15 minutes ago, you could have saved yourself 50% or more on car insurance. So go there, Geico.com. We can't leave for summer without congratulating ESPN's Chris Mortensen. And that's someone we've known for a long, long time as his induction uh, into the broadcasters and writers wing of the Pro Football Hall. Uh, Mort, who's battling throat cancer, as I think most people know, is the recipient of the Pro Football Writers 48th Dick McCann Award. And that's given to the reporter who, as the award says, quote, has made long and distinguished contributions to pro football through coverage and Mort certainly has done that two things here to mention Rick Goslin our Rick Goslin Dr. Data won this award in 2004 and Ron Borges our Ron Borges Borges or Bogus was one of those candidates who lost out to Mort and Ron I'll be honest with you and as frank as I can if you're not going to win it and I wish you did I'm glad Chris did oh I agree with you I mean uh, when the ballot came you know I'll be honest with you you I looked at it and I said how do I not check the box for Chris Mortensen? I mean, he's a friend of mine. He's a great reporter. We knew him when he was a great reporter, when they actually, you know, did journalism uh, in the newspapers. You know, I mean, <laughs> he was a great reporter for, for decades. Full disclosure, I did ultimately check the box for myself. <laughs> but, you know, I was uh, elated to, to see that, that uh, Chris got it. He's really in a fight. Talking with him from time to time, and we text back and forth. And, uh, you know, he's had some dark days, but this was a certainly... A bright one and a well-deserved one. Yeah, Will McDonough carved out that television niche as an NFL insider, and I think Chris Mortens has been the most worthy of all those who have tried to succeed Will. Well, he may not be in the Pro Football Hall, not yet anyway, but he's always in our mall. Yes, mall, looking for the next item to dissect Apart. I'm talking, of course, of our Ron Borges, here with another Borges or... Bogus. That's right. And this week, Ron, I understand you're taking on, well, not Al Jazeera exactly, but the NFL for its Al Jazeera investigation? I'll explain that one. 
Exactly, uh, and you can relate to this. Is it more probable than not that the NFL will put as much weight on an Al Jazeera documentary report on alleged PED use of the NFL as it did Ted Wells' deflated Deflategate investigation? That's a question that had the bombastic NFL Player Association executive director Demar Smith up in arms. I mean, that guy wakes up up in arms, so that doesn't really count. But uh, PED abuse in the NFL certainly is not. Bogus. But the Al Jazeera report m- may well be. So Smith wants to know how that leads to an investigation into five named players when the source of the story reneged before it was even aired. Good question. Despite that, the NFL Bogus. says it intends to interview Clay Matthews, Julius Peppers, James Harrison, Peyton Manning, and Mike Neal about charges that they circumvented the league's prohibition on performance-enhancing drugs. Manning, who's now retired, has already said he'll cooperate. Uh, Harrison said he'll cooperate, too, sort of. Uh, He's long been at odds with NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, who he once said he hated. He announced he'd willingly comply, but only if it was on a date of his choosing, in his house, with Goodell present. (laughs) I like it. Goodell won't like it. The others seem less inclined to cooperate, and so does the union. The NFLPA uh, requested information from the NFL, additional evidence supporting their investigation, and they say the NFL didn't provide it, nor did they inform the union or the players that any such evidence existed. Uh, instead, they claim you know, it's another publicity-pressured dog and pony show. Now, look, there's two ways to look at this. Four high-profile players were accused in a documentary of using PEDs, which are banned in the NFL. Calling them in to ask them about it is hardly seems Orwellian to me. Then again, the NFL has trampled all over the rights of Don Brady, Ray Rice, Adrian Peterson, a ton of New Orleans Saints, and, and most of the Miami Dolphins, just to name a few. So for the union not to think that this might be bogus would be, well, bogus. On the flip side, can anyone stop the league from asking questions of its employees when allegations of illegal activity become public? And should they really ignore such questions when some of these guys look like they've been filled full of helium? Sounds like there's plenty of bogus to go around on both sides of this issue. Well, that's not bogus, Ron. That's the whistle that tells us we're almost out of time. So let's get on with the two-minute drill. I'm going to be calling the plays again. Derek, let's start that clock. Football's a team game. So why did Jacksonville safety James Sample refuse to sell, sell Jalen Ramsey his number 23 jersey? I would not sell Kirk numbers either. Kirk Gibson's number either. Clark, price was not right. Football's a business, bro. How does Brexit, yes, Brexit, affect the future of NFL games in Britain? The NFL's immense payday will now come in pounds, not euros. <laughs> exactly right. Either way, they're going to get games that are blowouts. <laughs> Better place to be in August. Cards training camp in Phoenix or Rio, home to the Olympics? I'd say the Olympics if they move the games to Flagstaff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Cards camp. It'll be so steamy, no Zika flies can fly. <laughs> the Packers reported a record $408.7 million in revenue for the last fiscal year. What should they do with the money? Extend Aaron Rodgers. Whatever else does in Wisconsin when they have some money. Buy a second home in Florida. Reports say RG3 has been underwhelming in workouts. If you're a Browns fan, how do you feel about that? It no longer matters. Cleveland is a Cavs town. I feel good. At least the dude's sober. <laughs> Why are the Saints returning to the Green Bar, which, of course, is site of massive flooding? To help restore the civic pride to that town and that area. Free rent. <laughs> Lil Wayne, yes, Lil Wayne, not Reggie Wayne, Lil Wayne allegedly punched out a nightclub bouncer. How soon before he hears from Jerry Jones? If he can rush the passer, he'll be there for the start of training camp. He'd, f- he'd fit right in with that little team. <laughs> <laughs> Complete this sentence. Hillary and Elizabeth Warren are to politics like who is to the NFL? Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett. 
You almost got it. Daniel Snyder and Jerry Jones. You hate one, you laugh at the other. <laughs> Quick whistle there. Eddie DeBartle is throwing a huge pre-Hall of Fame party. So why should Goose and I go? To rub elbows with T.O. and Charles Haley. To party hardy with our new favorite owner. <laughs> Which NFL coach would make a good vice president? Tom Coughlin or Mike Shanahan, someone with a lot of time in their hands. <laughs> Dave McGinnis, Rams assistant coach and friend of the show. He's an experienced second lieutenant. He can lead if he has to, and he tells good jokes. <laughs> Any idea where Jason Pierre-Paul, that's JPP, is this 4th of July? In an asbestos suit. <laughs> <laughs> no, Goose. He's in New Hampshire buying firecrackers. I mean, what are the odds? Best defensive coach of all time. One, Buddy Ryan. Two, Bill Belichick. Three, Bill Parcells. Four, Tom Landry. Or five, Chuck Noll. Friend of the show, Dick LeBeau. I knew he was going to say it. Six, Bill Arnsbarger. He had 26 defenses ranked in the top five during his career. We'd like to thank Jack Ham, Dan Pompey, and Ed Graney for joining us, Derek Burns for producing us, and you for listening to us. If you want to hear this or any podcast, go to our website, DrFameNetwork.com, or find us on your iTunes or your podcast app. Otherwise, look for us on this station at this time next week when our Best of series begins. And remember, stay away from JPP this 4th of July. Have a great weekend. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. The thought of my sons growing up without me inspired me to quit smoking. I talked to my doctors, and then I threw away all my cigarettes, ashtrays, and lighters. I started exercising instead of smoking. Staying away from alcohol when I was first quitting was key. I kept on trying. Learned something each time. Do whatever it takes. We did it. So can you. You can quit. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW for help getting free medication, if available and eligible. That's 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Hey, we love Burger King grilled dogs. They're made with 100% beef, and they're 100%. They're so good, they make us want to sing like... I can't believe it. Burger King made a grilled dog. Made with 100% beef. Flame grilled anytime you want. This July 4th weekend, put down the tongs, step away from the grill, and get to Burger King to try a grilled dog for just a dollar. Ask for the dollar grilled dog deal and get a classic grilled dog for a dollar. Only at Burger King. At participating restaurants on July 2nd and 3rd, limit five per transaction while supplies last. Hey, everyone. This is Life Tips with Geico. Life tip one. Use a shower squeegee to remove pet fur from carpet. Squeegee is also very fun to say. Consider it when naming a pet or child. Life tip two. Switch to GEICO and you could save hundreds on your car insurance. With over 75 years of experience and a 97% customer satisfaction rating, they know what they're doing. GEICO. Get savings into your life. Visit GEICO.com today. I've always had the dream my whole life. I wanted to live on waterfront property. My favorite thing is just that little sound of that motor going by in the distance. And then about a minute later, the waves come out and make the the old rickety deck squeak a little bit. It's where I want to be. Home means something different to everyone. With millions of homes for sale or rent on Zillow, whatever home means to you, Zillow can help you find it.